0: Hello and welcome to Mothers Matter podcast with me, Claire Pay. The, today we're going to be talking about the home. And uh, this is something which matters very much to mothers, obviously. It's the sort of centre of our lives. Um, but I'm going to be talking to three um, lovely ladies about what the home means to them, and what the impact of their own home life was and how they see their roles as mothers Uh, We're going to hear from Molly and then Elaine and then Kaz. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Well, Molly, thank you very much for um, persevering. And we're here. We're here on Zoom. We've migrated from Squadcast. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your ideas about home. Um, And I wonder if you could just start by telling us
1: a bit about um, your family and uh, what home means to you. Okay, Oh, thank you Claire. Well, thank you so much for my, for your patience with my lack of technical ability um, <laughs> and thank you so much for asking me to be able to talk about this because it's something that's quite um, dear to my heart and and um, I really enjoy listening to your podcast so thank you very much thank you. <laughs> so um, what does so so our family yes, so we have a bit of a mix. we have four kids or teens, young adults, so between 19 and nine, um, we have two boys and two girls. Um, two are dyslexic and two aren't got a various muddly mix of kind of additional um, sort of behavioral, emotional, sensory needs as well with one of them. Um, so, um, yeah, so our two older boys are our sons by birth and our two younger girls are our daughters by adoption. So, so it is, yeah, it is, it's quite a, <laughs> it can be quite a crazy household. I think when I asked, um, one of my, my oldest son, who he's at university, um, University of Bristol doing engineering. Um, and he amazingly has been able to go into today to do a practical, which is fantastic. So I asked him just before he left, um, what do you think, what, well, you know, what, what does home mean to you? And he said, well, it can be noisy and chaotic sometimes. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's true that is very very true Um, and then my second son is at college doing um, sports and exercise science and he has he plays rugby and goes to the gym he's been able to start doing all those things again just in the last couple of days so um, he is he is mega chilled now with every day playing rugby (laughs) and gym plus sport at college So, so that's helped a lot to keep the keep the noise levels down in our home and then the two girls um I I home educate them so I did home educate the boys but they then went on to college so so yes that's our our messy crazy household at the moment.
0: It sounds lovely it sounds lovely and and so what's the concept of home mean to you?
1: Okay so I think home um I think it's got to be real I think home is a is a real place um as well as Crazy and and noisy. My son also did say it's a place where you can just come come back and kick your feet up and be yourself. And I think that kind of sums it up, really. So I think I think for me, it's it's a it's a place of real. It's a place of life, um, of growing, nurturing. I think the concept of um, being a refuge, a safe place, I think the world, it can be quite draining for all of us, can't it? And there's lots of just lots of challenges. And I think home should be a safe place to come home to where we can just we, we can we can have those deep conversations or we can just completely chill and zone out if we need to. Um, I think a place of healing place of learning um, and I don't think that's just for home educating families I think that's for everybody I think home we just learn we learn a lot about each other don't we, we learn about relationships about how to relate to each other we have those you know those conversations um I think it's also a place of fun and celebration I, I think home is great when home is a is a is a, a place you want to be because you celebrate together um i think somewhere that's where we're free to make mistakes i think the world can be quite harsh when we make mistakes but actually as i say to our kids you know we're always going to mess up a lot of the time and actually it's it's more about about being able to come back to that place and and being able to say sorry and and then being able to put it right and kind of restoring so Um, And I think the whole idea of restoring is is quite important. As I said, our two girls adopted. And so and so I think that um, I think home is a is a hugely important place to be um, in that whole kind of healing and restoring process and i think i think a place hospitality is important for us as well so and that's been quite strange this last year not being able to invite people into our home so i think it's a place kind of to welcome to welcome others um i think if i think of a picture of a a home it would be a big comfy chain and one of those kind of old comfy armchairs with nice big cushions kind of a little bit tatty and probably not particularly beautiful to look at when you look at it but actually it's just one of those chairs you just want to sit in and you just want to snuggle up <laughs> with a good book mm. and a cup of tea yeah <laughs> or, that's if, that's or if a you're a teenager you st- st- put a screen on <laughs> 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 so, so mm. yeah so I, th- um, I think that comes up
0: could you say more about the healing idea that's a really interesting concept.
1: Mm. I think it's a um, uh, I think it's about being a, a safe place and a place where we're able to be ourselves. So I, I think it's for, for everybody, not obviously, it's very pertinent for our, our children who are adopted, Um But I think for everybody, we all come with baggage in our lives, and you know, we all come with baggage maybe from our our own families of birth or, um, or, or. Life that's just life is just messy, isn't it? And sometimes we get a raw deal in life. Um, and we, I think, we all need a place to come where we can we can just be. We can talk about things. We're able to process things. Um, for us, we're Christian families, so we're able to pray about things. Um, we're able to we're able to be cross as well. I think we're able to express our emotions. You no, know, there's sort of nothing that's kind of out of bounds, kind of thing. Well, I, there are, but you know what I mean. Within, we're, we're allowed to express things verbally <laughs> um, and um and 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 then I think and I think healing comes in all sorts of ways I, sometimes know people you know you, you can just dramatically just suddenly feel better about something but I think a lot of the time healing is a very slow process I kind of think it's a bit like an onion an onion you know you take layers and layers off the onion and you think you're okay and then something else happens and it's like oh my gosh I didn't realize that was still an issue and so you kind of have to work through that and process through that Um, and obviously you know counselling and outside help are are really helpful you know in um you know in some occasions and I've certainly had counselling myself but um but um but I but I think often just simply the value of being, at, being in a home where you are supported and where you are accepted and where you are loved and where there are boundaries. I think boundaries make kids feel safe. Um, you kind of know what the rules are. Um, and I think that there's a hugely, they talk in adoption, they talk about therapeutic parenting. Um, and I think that that's, that, that that's a, a, a really good concept that actually the whole, the, the whole concept of family and of parenting and of home is therapeutic in itself. It is a good place. It's obviously not always a good place to be, but you know when your home can be that place and can offer that security and stability and constant love and secure boundaries, then actually that is a place of healing.
0: That's a lovely, yeah, that's a lovely image, and it reminded me actually when my daughter first started primary school, she was. Um, She's being naughty in the evening. I can't remember what. It would have been something minor. And I said, But you're, I said, Oh, you know, you're being so naughty. She said, Well, I'm good at all day at school. I can't be good at home as well. I thought, Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. It's somewhere where, I suppose, where you're allowed to be your worst self in a way, um, with the mother like a sponge, I suppose, just sort of someone who will absorb it and
1: um, yes. judge you for it.
0: Yes, yeah, so actually, well, I'm, uh, I'm preempting my question to you. What do you think is the role of mothers in um, creating a home and maintaining a
1: home? I think I think really central. Actually, um, I don't think homes just happen. Um, I think to have that that place of sort of that healing, nurturing, growing life in a sense, life giving home, a home that that gives life to people. Um, it can't just happen by by chance, and I think it's something that I've had to learn over the years. You know, you you kind of want to. You have a vision for this for this home, which is, and I'm sure I'm far too idealistic. You know, and I've kind of really wanted, you know, because of you know where I've come from and my background and everything. I, I so wanted to have this perfect home, and where everybody could just come and just. <laughs> but actually, you know, I've learned over the years, it's not it's not perfect, and that and that's part of the, the um, part of part of the essence of it because actually we can come we bring our imperfections and and we grow within that so yes yeah, so I think I think for for mums. We we need to use. I heard somebody say we need to use our our and our intelligence. And I think so often that really struck me because so often if you're a in brackets kind of quote stay at home mum, you think well I used to do a job. I used to have to use my brain, but you know <laughs> you know I just you know I just uh, clean, loose now and change nappies and, <laughs> and um, cook meals. Um, but actually, she said, "No, you, you have to use your intellect," and that that really encouraged me so much. That sparked something because we do we have to use our brains. You know, we're 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 being um, we're being so many things, as you said, so many things to so many people, including sponges. We have to look after ourselves. Um, And I think we need to use our our intellect, our creativity to be able to create that home environment that we want. We need to be able to use our intuition to be able to see how, you know, how everybody's doing. Um, I think wisdom. I think we really need a lot of wisdom as mums. I think that's something, you know, we need to we need to kind of to ask for and seek for to to make good, good decisions for our families Um, and honesty, integrity. Um, the ability to say sorry when we get it wrong <laughs> um, so yeah so I think I think it's a hugely undervalued and hugely difficult to make to create this this home that we would love to be able to have for our families and others and actually it needs it needs a huge big part of us it just doesn't happen by mistake I would say just sort of practical things having a, an actual physical environment that's nice to be in is actually really important and for different people that will mean different things and different families have different levels of what mess is okay and what mess isn't okay um and and that's different for every family so but to, to have something that that you your spouse anybody else in the house feels feels is um is okay sort of to have that level of of kind of just general tidiness because you're there a lot of the time. Um, I think also having some good, um, making it look nice. And it doesn't have to be picture perfect at all. And our house certainly isn't it? it's looking quite worn and worn in lots of places. But I think having, you know, I do, I do quite often have tried, you know, I pick flowers and I put, and I put flowers there, even if it's just, you know, a few, bluebells from the garden or something. Um, having nice pictures up, having music, you know, there's quite a lot of sort of practical things. Cushions, my husband gets very cross with the amount of cushions we have, <laughs> a frustrating amount of cushions you have in the house. But, you know, just nice cushions people sit on, piles of books in places, have games out on the, on the table so that people can, you know, it's, it's, especially for younger children, it's, it's, it's as easy to pick up a game as it is to switch on a screen. Um, um, Little kind of nooks for younger children having easy. I think having easy access to a lot of things. If you're wanting them to live and learn, that is going to create mess. That just by you can't make a cake without breaking eggs. But having lots of things around um, so that they can get. We've got a craft cupboard which is kind of quite messy a lot of the time, um, but the doors close, <laughs> and um, and, um, and you can um, and so you know the, the the kids you know can always take out chalks or paints or or you know where the paper is having lego out having i think easy access for, ch- for young children easy access to things that they can play with um, and then i think i think in in the evening we certainly have a tidy up time at the end of the day um, our house is a bit bigger now when we when we you know i had the first well the first three children and our house was really quite small and it was we just had to tidy up because actually you were, otherwise we'd be falling over. So it means that, so I think having a tidy up time in the evening so that, um, so that there is that space in the evening so that as adults, you can kind of, you can just sit and you're not having to walk over Lego or, 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 or put your hand in some slime or whatever it might be. <laughs> so, um, so, so I think, I think creating boundaries also, um, I'm chatting on a lot, aren't I? I think creating boundaries is really important as well. So, uh, you know, a good environment that people feel comfortable in, that that uh, that gives opportunities and excitement, and and just opportunities to explore, but also some boundaries as well, so that people can have some have the peace and the space they need too.
0: What would you um, class as boundaries, or what
1: boundaries are important to you? Um, for us, um. One, what, I guess they're they're the um, parenting boundaries, and I guess I'm not sure if this is a general parenting set, so, and that will be different for other people. But you know, you know, we do have obviously physical violence is out. I, mean, I guess if you go to the complete <laughs> the complete stream. <laughs> um, I'm making
0: some assumptions. Um, with, with, so.
1: <laughs> yes, some assumptions. yes, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> with, with adopted children, that's particularly pertinent. That's a conversation for another time. But um, but mm. but trauma can bring with it all sorts of things. So that's had to be one we've had to we've had to really um. Looking, you know, work work through, um, and um, but that's a different conversation. Um, so so sort of like the boundaries. Just day to day, we have we have quite a lot of rhythms in place. I think in our in our day to day life. So especially when all the kids are home now, it's just me and the girls. So um, meal times at set times, different jobs that they do. So actually, you know, in the morning they do. Um, Unload know the dishwasher you know the girls wash up lunchtime the boys wash up supper time so different jobs different jobs they help with the laundry so I think that just and and the expectations that actually that that is part of what they have to do if they then want to have their screen time or their treat time or whatever it is that actually you, you can't just have the one without the other um and that's been a longer learning thing with some of them with others I think I think boundaries like um <laughs> Uh, we have a, a quiet time after lunch, which is what 's kept my sanity, so actually everybody goes to their own rooms after lunch time um, and and just does something quietly by themselves, reads or lego or i'm um, at the moment to be honest the weather's so nice. My youngest just runs out and plays in the garden with her chicken her pet chicken which she loves. Um, and that's and that for me. That's my boundary time, and I I do not like it when they come in and interrupt because I need to have you know twenty minutes, half an hour where I can just sit and I can be still. I can I can read. I can you know do do whatever. It's maybe catching up on emails, but I need to have. I need. I think it's boundaries around ourselves, um, particularly when there's quite a few of you living in a house as well.
0: Mm, it's like letting off steam, isn't it? It's it's taking the lid off just so you can decompress a bit and then back on once more onto the fray and go back yes, absolutely to the middle of it all. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why do you think um, the idea of homemakers so undervalued? Why do you think it's something that's not really... Um, it's sort of recognised, but it's seen very much as a tangible thing, you know, like you get white things or, you know, a vase here and there, and that's seen as a homemaker rather than a sort of a less tangible concept.
1: Yeah, I love that question. Um, I was talking to my husband about it last night as well. Um, I, think our, I think our value in society, our values in society have, have shifted seismically over the last, well, 50 years, but certainly 100 years. Um, and if you look at, at countries around the world, um, homemaking is still, in many countries, really important. Um, and it's, it's interesting because in the so-called developed world, which I would put a big query around <laughs> that, um, Homemaking isn't seen as seen as important, and so I wonder if we've lost something over the years. Whereas in the so-called developing world, I think they have kept that concept of of family and home, and whatever and and home may not look as picture perfect, Pinterest perfect as our homes here. Whereas I would say that I would question whether there may be streets ahead in actually knowing what the concept of home is and just living that out in the daily lives so so i so i wonder in this country if it's because because our, our our foundations have changed such a lot we we sort of it's very monetary economically minded and actually if you're if you're a home you can't put an economic price on a home can you whereas you can on a business um um mothers at home don't contribute to the in theory, don't contribute, well, they don't contribute in in a tangible way to the economy. And yet I would really, again, I'd question down the line, a generation down the line, whether that our contribution is huge in a um in a way you can't measure because actually i would hope very much hope that you know some some of our kids we're raising kids to be able to be really good um members of society and we'll be able to go in and contribute and 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 we'll be strong and and we good citizens well
0: thank you very much money it's lovely to talk to you, you. and um i thank you really for your
1: insights as well that's been really good Oh, well, thank you so much, Claire. It's been really good to talk to you as well.
0: Well, Elaine, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to to talk with me today about the home. Um, and I um, I'm really pleased to talk to you because I've, I've been following your posts on Instagram, um, five, kid, five kids, five kids Gallica. Yeah. Um, and you always have just lovely images of home, of a sort of home setting. It's a sort of aspirational the way I'd like to feel my home would feel like <laughs> so right, no, that's So, it. because we're talking about the home today um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really interested to get your perceptions of this and um can we start with what does home mean to you
2: right well um i do i do have a very um clear idea of what i'm trying to do uh, uh, with the mm-hmm. home um so it's great to to get that feedback that you you get the you get that idea from my from my posts. Um, so really I think I'm trying to make home a welcoming, warm, um, open, um, and comfortable place more than um, a building, more than um, bricks and rooms and uh, a functioning place. I want it to be a place where um, the children and adults, because I very much see myself and my husband as, as learning on the job, as it were, that we're growing in this in this home, um, that it's real, um, that it's um, that it um, opens at, um, and welcomes to anybody that that wants to, wants to come. It's familiar. That it creates memories, really um, good memories, um, even if things are difficult sometimes because um, family life can be difficult sometimes. Um, but that, those memories, you build them and they, they stay forever. And, it, you know, so that the home um, creates creates those memories and traditions. Um, I want. not um, I, I think home, um, has a sense of belonging and where family can gather um extended family um, immediate family um, and you can be together you know because mm-hmm. um that's that that's where you belong yeah so
0: yes that's a that's a lovely um a lovely concept and have your has your understanding of home um, developed while you've um, been at home with your with your children? Can you just say how long you've been at home and yeah. or how long you were at home yeah. full time and how old yeah. your children are?
2: Yeah. So um, I think I had I think I had a very definite idea before I had children um, about what um, myself and my husband the sort of home we wanted to make, but also my part in that. Um, Partly from my background, but also because I worked with um, adults with learning difficulties before I had children and they had not had a home. And I was very aware of that when I got married. I I worked in um, a community house with adults with learning difficulties who had been living in institutions before they came to live with a home. So my job before that was to present a family home to them, so I became very aware of what I had had as as an upbringing and what they had not had. And then when I moved on to being married and having children, I realized with a a, a very clear um, vision of what I wanted to do as a mother and how important that was. So I uh, was at home from um, when I had my first um, child in 98. Um, and it was absolutely no, absolutely no question that I would leave him with anybody else. I, um, my husband's family was in Glasgow we were in Edinburgh and my family's in Wales. Um, and I launched into it with the naivety of only, a, uh, of only a, a new mum can launch into it really. You know, my sister's going through the very, very same um, thing at the moment and, uh, you just do not realise how... Um, different that is that choice you make to be with your child and you don't realize what lies ahead um, in that so then um, I had three children in three years um, very quickly and the third child um, has got additional needs so that confirmed to me even more if I needed any confirmation how important it was for me to be home because his needs were even greater than my other two children's needs. Um, and I could not trust that to anybody because, um, you know, if, if, if to see a child anyway that has needs, but a child that has additional needs, you, you, you just want to fight to make sure that they get what they need. Um, and then um, I had a bit of a gap while I coped um, with that. We moved to Glasgow, and then I had two more uh, children who um, who are now still in school. was are my two in school. Um, and it wasn't until they were in school that and everybody was sort of settled, and our financial situation was changing that I started to think that I could try to work outside the home. But I needed something that meant that I was able to still be as much of a mother in the way that I need to be and run the home in the way that I had been running it as much as possible and teaching very much fits into that um, for me. Mm. You know, um.
0: And so, so with your um, home, in what area, do you feel you've been intentional about aspects of the home to make it the sort of home that you want and what if you're going to deconstruct you know your not yeah. your home but or it could be your home but a home what um what could people do if they want or at least the areas to consider when looking at making a home a home
2: yeah um well I think at the heart of a home is um the family table uh, I I um, despair when I hear people not having a dining room table of any sort to gather around. We d- we don't just use our dining room table for eating, by any means. And in fact, we're just in the, in about to start an extension because my children have now become gangly teenagers and young adults, and there's just not enough room for us to move around a table. So that the table is, I think, the heart of Um, a family home where you take the time to have a meal together for example at the end of a busy day and that the you provide um, a nutritious meal that has been um lovingly made and is you know not maybe not to everybody's uh, likes and dislikes but we all eat it and that um we we gather around and share news and have conversations and that the learning and the growing and the memories happen around that table. And that around that table, and this has changed in the time I've been married. Um, I mean, when we were first married, we didn't have a television at all for a few years because I had had quite a difficult experience of living um, in a house which had a television in every single room and I I just, I, I couldn't stand it but we were very clear from the beginning that we would only have a tele- one television and that there would be um, particular times when that television would be on, and particular times when it wouldn't be on at all. And um, so the dining room table is away from the television and now there are no phones um, or other electronic things. So the focus is all, you're all around together. And that can be difficult sometimes because that's what family is about. But it also can be very, very joyful and very, um, a a very good way for people to learn, you know, to take turns, conversation, listening to other people. um, But you want to say something, you know, we have to listen to what somebody says before you can give your opinion. All of these things that um, we sort of take for granted if we've had them, but um, I very much felt that. You know that that you know that's where you start. You have you have a family table, and we also use a table for um, for having a cup of tea. And one of the traditions that I did from a very very young age, before my children even went to nursery, is that um, they would before after they would have a nap, um, and we get up and everything. I would have a cup of tea, and I have some home baking, um, and we would that's where we would have it, around the table. So they would then learn how to sit and we would have a break. And then when they went to school, that we still do that. And now my teenagers are coming in from school and I'm coming in from school and we have a time and they know that it's there. It's It's a protected time to chat, to share information if they want to. And as they get older... Um, as you probably know with your children, is that they don't always want to talk when you want to talk, but they know that there is a chance to talk if they want to. Um, it's so different as the children grow up, you know, you, you can sort of, uh, when they're younger, you can they want to talk all the time. But as they get older, they don't want to talk so much when you want to talk. So having, so them learning that there's always going to be a time when you're sitting down. And I, sometimes I just sit around at the table with a cup of tea, and one of them will come and sit down, and you know, just a conversation will happen, or um, I'll be getting a meal together, or they'll be getting a meal. They're learning to, to make meals and everything. So, eating, sitting down, making time, that 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 was absolutely crucial to me um, uh, for a mother. And I think when you're when you're at home with your children, um, you've got things to do, but I think making time. Um, for them is is what you're giving them you're giving them their time your your time to them or um and and they and they grow up knowing that
0: Mm. it's it's like um yes that's what we do you have sort of set pieces (laughs) in the day and whatever else is happening Uh you come together at a certain time and, and meals are um a great time for that I mean the, yeah. the difficulty I find is the it, it's a real catch-22 because you want to prepare the meal and make mm-hmm. it sort of relatively healthy or at least palatable yeah uh, but you also want to spend time with them uh, but yeah. you have to spend time away I mean I know the theory is they sort of play cheerfully in the kitchen while yes. you're cooking but that never really worked no. for me no. so so I've done uh, one thing we do is I, I don't um I didn't used to sort of sit and watch tv with them I'd let them watch uh-huh. tv while I was cooking yeah and then we uh-huh. All the screens are off. We sit down now because mm-hmm. they're teenagers. We sit and we watch something in the evening, and yep. that is Ring Fence. Yeah, you know? yes. uh, So It's much easier than being up at five a.m. playing yeah. with Lego. But yes, uh, just yeah. sitting down watching Netflix is great. But yeah, you, yeah. You have yeah. your set pieces, and and um, uh, you know, bedtime having Ring Fence times there where there's, as you say, availability. Yeah. I will be available at
2: that time. Yes, that's right. That's right. And you've got to be. And I think part of being a mum, um, that. You, when you have that approach, is that they learn that um, you're open to um, to um, listening to them, um, even when uh, it's difficult, when you're tired and everything. But it might. But as they get older, it's not some. It, it, you you might be doing something else. And at the moment, we we are doing this. Um, we, well, we started organizing it definitely during lockdown but I had been sort of hinting at it and um, sort of wondering if it was going to happen that we would all learn to take a day to make a meal so but what's happening at the moment is my youngest two who are um, 14 and 12 they're choosing a day to cook choosing what they want to cook and then I am around sometimes in the kitchen and sometimes in the dining room sort of just guiding them a little bit and that's another way of chatting, it's another way of spending time with them. They don't actually really realize that at all, you know, but I'm trying to teach them how to to gain a skill and also that whole thing of presenting a meal that they have have made, you know, and what that feels like, you know, and they're quite proud of it, you know, and then we all thank the person who's been cooking, and then they don't get, they don't do any of the, the clearing up or anything, you know, everybody else that's eaten does the clearing up. Um, so it's a, it's completely different from when they were much younger, um, where meal t- times, you know, could be just quite fraught and everything. But still, I think it's so important for the table to be at the heart of of um, everything. And, and also, um, the other thing that I uh, think is important to creating a home is that children... Um, learn that it's not the parents that do things all the time but as they can do things so giving them responsibility and that takes a lot of um energy in a way sometimes you know like when they leave their bag in the hall and they don't hang it up or they leave their shoes and they don't put them on the shoe holder which drives me to distraction but that you're there to say could you move your shoes and You know, and the reason I remove shoes there, you know, every now and then I'll say, is because, see, if we have seven people's shoes in the hall, you wouldn't be able to get in the door. You know, but what um, I think is important is that even though they don't always do that, that the home reflects the fact that it shows people living there. So sometimes there might be shoes in the hall and not put away. I can't stand that whole idea of, perfection. And one of the things I try to do with my Instagram posts is show the reality of what a home is like, you know, because there's so many people out there that think a home has to be perfection. It, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be perfection. Nobody is perfect, not, not the parents, not the children. So let's just show it how it really is. I don't mean that you show people arguing or whatever, but that, you know, things don't look all tidied away, always clean, um, always matching, that's another thing, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, it's just family is all, it's all about um, reality, you know, the, the, the reality of life, and the reality of life is you can't always find the same socks to match, and, you know, and trousers get ripped, and, you know, and they look dirty, and, that's okay, you know. I, so I try to, I try to, I try to show the reality, and I and I and I think it's it's okay. Um, and people used to say to me a lot when the children were younger, because I, I had a lot of children around me. You know, how do you do it? I, and I said, well, sometimes I don't feel as if I can do it, but that's that's okay. Just get through that day. And then you try again. We're all just trying. We're trying to to be the best parent, the best mum that we can. Um, but I think if I, I don't like it when society presents images of perfect mothers, mm. because they don't exist. They don't exist. We, we we just try, and that's what I that's what I think a home should reflect the imperfections of, of, of what you're trying to do. And forgiveness, isn't it? I mean, that, that that's the reality of, of, of a, a family home is that if you don't forgive each other, um, then the, it all builds up, you know, and then people get angry and, and, and the resentment and everything. And, and that's part of what I was saying at the beginning about home being a welcoming place because when I go home to my my um my mum's home you know I I don't have to think am I going to be welcome I know I'm going to be Mm. welcome because it was my first home and that's what I want to to have in my my home for my children Them always to be um to be know that they're welcome even though that's the place where they're known the best you know with all its flaws and Mm. um imperfections you know
0: and how, one of the things um, I noticed from your post, you have, you're very artistic. You have artistic <laughs> things. Really? I'm zero. I'm zero artistic. So anyway, I mean, even there, I can see you've got a nice little
1: Easter
2: tree well, yeah. behind you. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that, it's funny because I don't think I'm artistic, but um, that, that's really from, I think, from being with the, working with the, the adults with learning difficulties because, because a lot of the people that I worked with um, couldn't speak, they couldn't express themselves, so we had to find other ways of doing things. So that's where I sort of learnt um, some things like making Easter trees. That's where I learnt to dye eggs and things. Um, and then when I had the children, because when you're at home, you the 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 onus is put on to the mum to create um, Uh, to create sort of um, a way of doing things. So, you know, we would go out quite a lot and meet friends and everything, but that only takes up a certain amount of time. And then you've got like the, you know, a lot of the day to fill. And when you've got toddlers and preschool children, um, I just found, you know, let's do something. And I didn't want it to be on the screen. We did eventually get a television when um, maybe four or five years married, maybe. Um, primarily for my son Dominic who's got the additional needs because um, just to give me a place where I knew he would stay because for when he was growing up he he was just before he was diagnosed with autism he was all over the place and I had to be able to leave him somewhere for five minutes while I went to the toilet or you know or Mm -hmm. made a meal or something and I knew that he would still be there so he loved Thomas the Tank and that was my way so So but obviously, um, I say obviously, but so much of society that is in front of a screen now. But I wanted to limit that amount of time. So I wanted to do something else with the children. So that's how painting came about. And then we would be using shapes to make, uh, to dip in the paint. And I I just went from there. And, um, you know, and I did find it, I, I did find it difficult with the mess. I think you have to accept that there's going to be mess and, um, and and that's okay. You have to just, you know, it's a part of accepting the reality of what family life. So part of me would want my home not to be um, splattered with paint sometimes. But, you know, finding that I had to find a sort of a happy medium of how much mess I was I could I could cope with and then when the children went to bed I would just tidy it up but it you know it's only mess you know I, mm. I I just was um I was happy that I I could be at home with the children and so we just found all these different ways and and I found I learnt on the job and I learnt that sometimes we just had to get out of the house How important do you think the look of the home is What I was absolutely Um, passionate about and what I'm passionate about now is that it is a welcoming home that it's comfortable that it functions in what it's meant to do so that it's organized I I, am very I I do like to be organized in fact I I sometimes feel as if I could be a organized declutterer no problem I love decluttering (laughs) Um, and so I think it's important that things are organized so that children can find their own clothes when they when they are old enough to do that. That um, you that there's enough, you know, the shoes are in with other shoes. That the you know there's enough food in the cupboards and that that's that's stocked and and things like that. Um, and that the craft things are in the craft cupboard sort of thing. So in the way in that look about things, I'm very passionate. But in terms of what I see now on social media about the look in terms of being updating things simply because they look nice, I couldn't be less interested. I it's not that I don't like things to look um, clean and tidy, but I, I I couldn't I couldn't care less if if my curtains match my, my sofa. What well, but and I think it's not important to children at all. I, and when it comes to um you know what what you know what you want your children to remember and to guide them and for them to take for when they're setting up their family when they go out into that big wide world without you what is it you want them to take and i'm not bothered whether my children have matching up to date furniture what i want them is to be able to create a warm home that is loving and that has people who are really present. They don't want to be somewhere else. They want to be where they are in the home. And I hope and pray that that's what my children will take away. And I think that that's what you have to put your energies into. And it's not that I don't sometimes like to see what other people have put on and I might have a magazine, but... It's not the most important thing to me. And now I ha- we have a, a, a wee bit more money. Um, it's still not the most important thing. I want to be back here um, to have that conversation about with my children about something they might have experienced in the day that's been difficult or that they're trying to figure it out and that they, don't, they know that they don't have to figure that out by themselves because I'm here if they want to talk. My husband's here as well, you know, and um, so the look of the home, I think it has to be clean, I think it has to be organised, um has to be comfortable, but apart from that, you know, I'm not... Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting, because you talked about being, having an open home earlier, and Mm -hmm. one thing I was really keen on hospitality mm. you know and that's absolutely that's been taken out from under under oh, our feet that we can't you know all year um oh. we haven't been able to have people over but yeah. also i found with my children as they've become older that actually they um they either want to meet my daughter who's 15 wants to meet outside the home and go she actually wants to go for a walk or a bike ride yeah. anyway uh-huh. and my son who's more in interested in the xbox the uh-huh. xbox games are better played remotely uh-huh. with someone else you the, just the way they're set up yeah yeah there's yeah. no point having two people on the xbox here no. and i've you know we went through about a year when i said why don't you have him over well i might as well just play with yeah. him And i quite like hearing them chatting or in the yeah. background uh-huh. And,
2: uh-huh.
0: and they do come over and, and have a trampoline but you know i had uh, so people can play on the trampoline but i had this sort of vision if you've people around and teenagers around i was a youth worker at one uh-huh. point and i love the idea of you know having yeah. teenagers around but um yeah First of all, it's not really happened. And secondly, they're not really, there's not, it's just not the vibe at the moment. No. It's going around to um, houses with parents in. It's not. The, no, no, not that's right. I know,
2: in. I know. And I have thought about that. And part of this um, extension that we're having is to try and help um, when things get more normal to sort of, it's not It's not just because of the the pandemic that we thought we were planning it anyway, but to have a space where, their friends can come over, but they still be in the heart of the family. I'm not really very keen on, although they might like it, to have a room where they can go away and shut the door. I want them to sort of mingle and see, you know, so I can see them and see their friends and, you know, maybe sort of listen a bit to their conversation and make sure everything's okay. And um, we did have a little bit of that in, in lockdown where... Um, my uh, two youngest had their friends over and they sat in the garage with the doors open and the garage just happens to be next to our house and I could see through the kitchen when I was cooking and I would pass out hot chocolates and that was really good you know sort of felt a little bit like what I want it to be like when we have the extension
0: I'd love to talk you know much longer because I'm really interested in your ideas on the home and it's uh, I feel all warm and cozy just Great. just talking to you thank you very much for your time I really appreciate it Right, well, Kaz, thank you very much for joining me today and um, for us to talk about the home. And I'm really interested to hear your your opinion because you um, have a very vibrant presence on, on Instagram and you have a very strong uh, commitment, I think, to mothers and mothers' roles in life. So um, if I could start by asking you,
3: what does uh, the idea of home mean to you? Oh, what does the idea of home mean? Um, well, I personally grew up in a very homely home um my mum was um she was at home she she worked from home although I didn't really appreciate that at the time um I'm one of four siblings and my mum was a foster carer and so there were invariably between one and four extras so if you can imagine a busy house already with the addition of extra children and often those children came with extra um, um behavioral, um, learning, emotional, absolutely emotional. And so my mum was just, you know, she just created a lovely, lovely environment. And, and it's only really on reflection that you look back, especially in your own journey as a mother, and realize what an incredible job my mum was doing to hold space for not just us, me and my brothers, but for these children that that so needed holding because they'd come from an environment which typically did not hold them, did not support them at all. And so they would, you know, it was back in the 80s, there was a lot of, um, I remember back, you know, being really conscious that even as a young child, these children had been neglected. That was the word that that was used. And, um, you know, in I'm sure my mum explained it to me in child friendly terms, but to understand that children could be neglected and that they were coming into our home to be nurtured was something that was made you know, it's very implicit to our family life, our childhood, and that is absolutely it's absolutely informed how I parent and how I see the um, the art of motherhood um, in creating a home and uh, an environment where you can feel nurtured, um, and that it's such a subtle art. It's such a skill that's so undervalued and so underestimated, and you know i've been on as i say I've been on my own in intense parenting journey. My oldest is eighteen, just turned eighteen, and my youngest is six. so I really feel that we have the breadth of childhood going on in our house, and i've absolutely made it my mission to create a home for my children, particularly as my husband travels a lot for his work or at least he used to, yeah, and definitely. so I felt very much that it was um my responsibility in his absence to create a safe home environment for them.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. And I'd love to talk to you more about the, the foster parent side, but we better not get, um, get diverted. It's, it's really interesting that. Um, and so what elements do you think go into making a home where people are going to feel nurtured and safe and, and comfortable?
3: Uh, that's a good question. I think, I think it really boils down to structure. It's really, it's simple and complicated at the same time. Structure and routine and, you know, short of sort of describing that as an, an intensely boring experience, I really feel that by having structure and routine, you know, babies thrive on structure, children thrive on routine. Um, one of my sons is um, autistic and he particularly thrives on routine and change is really quite traumatic for him. Uh, You know, we didn't know that he was autistic. He's high-functioning Asperger's and, you know, his behaviour was really affected whenever we would do something different or whenever I would request something of him that came out of the blue. There was usually an explosion of overwhelm. And actually we realised very early on, by the age of three, certainly that he really needed routine and preparation for change and I think that you know I've handled it I'd say I've handled it well because I think I came from that background where routine and structure were so implicit to our daily life you know with you imagine my mum with four of her own children and four extras you have to have rhythms and structures you've got to get out of the door on time you've got to get everybody to school and to after school clubs and all of those things and have bags ready well, I used to think that. <laughs> we used to describe our house as chaos corner, but can you imagine how organized my mum would have had to be? So I think I've really taken all of that on that you just have to be organized and, and it doesn't need to be military style. It needs to kind of be subtle so that your children don't necessarily even notice it. Um, and then as they've gotten older, they have become part of that responsibility you know they can pack their own bags they can get themselves ready for school and I think having routine and structure and familiarity is an enormous part of um, home is an enormous part of family life and it actually then it isn't a boring stodgy thing it's actually very freeing I think once we have structures in place and we have rhythms and routines then we are free to have fun and be spontaneous and you know relax and I think that's that's the key.
0: I think it, it, that feeds into the idea of scaffolding, which is actually mm. a bit of a, a sort of care term as well, isn't it, that you provide scaffolding mm. for people. But mm. um, what what sort of scaffolding or what structure do you have, what do you have in, in place at home that you, you build everything else around?
3: It's changed over the years. And I would say that, for me, eating together is an absolute priority. And, you know, perhaps when the children were younger, so I had my first two, they're, they're 18 and 15, nearly 16 now. And so the three of us, when my husband was away, we'd eat together during the week. And then I would make sure that we ate together as a family when my husband was home. And as our youngest ones come along, you know, that sort of threw lots of our rhythms out the window and we had to change quite a few things. And actually we sort of split into two because now we try and do things with the older children, perhaps when the little ones in bed. So, you know, you end up having these two structures that are working simultaneously. And now that he's that little bit older and being so much younger, he is so flexible, so portable. He will just fit in with the teenagers. He's brilliant. Um, Yeah, we, we we do quite a lot of things that can involve him as well. And so eating together, having a takeaway or going out for dinner, if we're able to, is absolutely my number one priority as a family. And it might only be that we get Sunday lunch together these days because there's football and there's social stuff and there are boyfriends and girlfriends and people coming in and out of the house all the time but I will say to my children I would really like you to be around for Sunday lunch it will be at two o'clock we will be sitting together for 45 minutes can you can you can you please honor that and in the main they're able to and that and that is the negotiation the constant negotiation with teenagers which I'm sure you're familiar with (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: but we generally work around the evening activities so we'll eat either we'll eat really early we'll eat earlier and earlier and earlier so that we've eaten and then have snacks later just I've always been very keen to get the evening meal out of the way Mm, sorted mm. um and so how important do you think the role of a a mother is in the home and actually could you talk a bit about your leadership of mums and
3: explain what that is I have worked and I work for myself and I've made a role for myself that fits in around my children. But I've also been really, really careful not to do everything. And instead of taking a management role, which, you know, household management could be argued as, as you know, the, the task that we take on. I've chosen to see it as a leadership role because leadership isn't about doing everything. It's about seeing the bigger picture And noticing where things could be improved and changing things and planning ahead and managing budgets and certain logistics certainly but ultimately it's not about doing everything it's not about killing yourself you know sacrificing yourself to for everybody else so this idea of motherhood for me has never been just a small role of just being at home with baby because i think i learned really early on back in my my daughter's first year that actually the smallness of the role it is, is a fantasy. It is a huge role. It's so important. And, and it's you know, it is a privilege. I know I've, I've been lucky in some ways to be able to be at home and to have that um, relationship with my children and to, you know, to work in the way that I do with my husband um, in terms of our parenting and how we move through the world. But I really feel that all the way through it, I was able to see my value and I never felt... That what I was doing wasn't worth it.
0: Yes. Now, what about the look of the home? How important is it to you? Are you creative? Uh, do you like the you know pretty things or things to look a certain way, or do you not care? What do you? What would you say? Do you know what?
3: <laughs> we have a very white house. Um, we've lived in our house for nine years, and we we self built. Um, well, I'd say self built. I didn't actually build anything, but we designed it and built our house and. It, it was a real passion project for us and um, we moved in with sort of teenagers in mind because our kids were uh, nine and seven when the day you know the, when we moved in and uh, it was great open plan living lots of clean surfaces but of course open plan living there's stuff everywhere constantly so open plan living is not my dream anymore <laughs> it's a disaster I constantly putting shoes away I'm constantly just picking up bits of lego and shoving them to the side and so we have one room which is more of a kind of a family room where stuff just lives and we're a bit more relaxed. And then the open plan bit, I do try to keep it clean and, um, you know, make sure that the surfaces aren't constantly covered in paperwork and stuff so that the house, you know, looks um, acceptable. <laughs> um, but really, I think you know, it's funny, I think in the last year, i I think I've cleaned so many surfaces down and, you know, you're constantly getting the hand right, you know, the wipes out and sort of fancy back. To it. And actually I realised that we actually live, we live pretty well together. There's five of us. We've we got a puppy, a lockdown puppy. We've also got a cat and the cat doesn't like the puppy. And so we've kind of got this sort of semi chaos going on, this animal animosity at our feet and, the, you know, the cat pees everywhere because she doesn't like the dog. So actually my dream of having this white pristine house you know, with open plan living and two animals that don't get on is, is very unrealistic again. And I think that that is, you know, the way that I manage that is again, just about being realistic and not sort of looking for perfection. In fact, perfect is not a word that features in my vocabulary. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough mothering. Good enough parenting. Good enough tidying. I think, you know, that is my mantra. It always has been And actually, when I was younger, it was my mantra, but I used to really beat myself up about it, thinking that actually it was laziness or procrastination or um, excuse making. But actually, it's not. Being good enough is a way of getting through the world very comfortably. Thank you very much. It's a way of moving through the world that actually allows me to achieve things in my own time. It allows us to have the family life that is happy and relaxed and you know not necessarily very tidy but actually really comfortable and um you know and i think we'll lead towards you know older children who can be launched off into the world and not feel that we're watching their every move and looking for perfection no we're looking for them to be happy and to feel that they're doing things that you know bring them a sense of purpose um so yes being at home having a nice clean tidy home as I said, when I grew up, we used to call our house Chaos Corner because there was so much going on. I think I'd bring an element of that into our family home now. And, and yes, it's, it's clean. It might not be tidy, but it's, there's a lot of love and a lot of laughter.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think of the, uh, the phrase I have is that'll do. That'll oh, do. Yeah. That's that's fine. Perfect. But yeah. I, I remember when um, my daughter was first born, people said, don't bother, you know, don't bother with the housework, just look after the baby. But actually, you, when you're sitting there breastfeeding, all you can see is the dust. We just moved house when she was six weeks old. Wow. All you wow. see is dust, boxes, mm. things that need moving. And when you're in the home all, t- all the time, you do need to find the... A, an element of what you're you're happy with within yes. the time available. So I Absolutely. think I sort of schedule it into a very small amount of time. Any mm. sort of cleaning and mm. and try I try not to. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly relaxed. I think there's things that you care about and things you don't care about. So I'm Absolutely. laid back about some stuff and Absolutely. I think that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> and. Uh, well Kaz thank you very much for your, your thoughts today it's been really helpful to think about I think the, particularly the role that mothers have in terms of um, well, creating a home and, and managing a home Well, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found it really interesting and that it um, sparked off some some own thoughts of your own about the home. Um, I'd like to mention a few things that I think you might be interested in. Uh, There's a few other podcasts. Well, there's loads of other podcasts I've been listening to, but some that I'd like to recommend. Um, The first is the Mended Teacups podcast with Molly and Helen, which is um, they're both home educators and they talk about quite a wide range of topics. So that's, uh, that's lovely. Um, and then I've also found a podcast called Ask Lisa which is uh, the, it's called Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. And this is by Lisa Damour. And if you get the Mothers at Home Matter newsletter, um, I think it's her book that is reviewed in that. Anyway, she's very American um, and she is very calming um, and uh, covers a load of really interesting topics about dealing with children. Then um, finally, one called, just a one-off episode called The Agony of Pandemic Parenting from The Daily. In the UK, at the moment, we are out of um, most of lockdown, but um, there's many parts of the world where they're still in lockdown. And either way, it's a a very cathartic listen to hear how others coped or didn't cope with parenting um, during lockdown. Then I'd like to mention a few Instagram pages. Uh, they, um, Elaine is on 5 kids Gallagher. Uh, Kaz is on DrKaz underscore Leadership of Mums. And Molly is on Mothering through, through the Seasons. And they're all lovely, uh, lovely um, Instagram posts to follow. Obviously, there's the Mothers at Home Matter, which has got underscores in between each one. And then there's my podcast, which my um, Instagram page, which is Mothers Matter podcast. I'm also you could email me on mothersmatter at outlook.com if you have any ideas for a future episodes or any comments at all. And if you are able to rate and review the podcast, everyone says that's really um, helpful for other people finding it. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you to my listeners from all over the world. It's really exciting to see um, who's popping up in different countries. And uh, I'll be back with another podcast soon, hopefully. Bye.